Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the Anfield wrap after the Easter Sunday, the Easter Monday. It's a second attempt to at start this. I'm not going to tell you why I got it wrong last time. <laughs> uh, in front of me, I've got Charlotte Campbell. Uh, don't get that wrong. Uh, <laughs> Philip Smallwood. Yeah. Sorry. Nicely done. Uh, smooth, I felt. Smooth. Uh, ben Johnson. Uh, in front of me, the three of them, to talk about Liverpool's fantastic three points against West Bromwich Albion. A lot of times during a season, Philip, three points at West Brom wouldn't seem like a big thing. But in the context of everything Liverpool have been through since January and with their ambitions between now and the end of the season, Season. It's another two weekends on the run, really, where it's an enormous three points for the Reds. I always try and judge um, how important three points are by how I feel during the game. And I was saying outside how for the last 15 minutes, I felt as rough as anything. I could have literally uh, seen my stomach contents uh, lying in front of me. I felt that sick. Um, and Neil kept saying to me, oh, when this is over, he said, well, you make, make me a sandwich. And I was like, literally, I couldn't look at any food at the moment. I felt that that bad. Um, but do you know what? All credit to those players that were out on the pitch because they didn't look like they were feeling any nerves whatsoever to me. Um, when West Brom were trying everything, and they did try everything in that last five or ten minutes, um, they just kept heading it away and, and clearing the lines and... I can't actually remember, um, apart from the save from Mignolet, them having a, a decent chance to score. Um, and I think that says a lot about how we defended as well yesterday, which is something that we've not said an awful lot this season. Charlotte's Liverpool did defend very, very well as well. And I think I, you know, I think Philip is a nail on the head in terms of the, the nervelessness of the performance. Um, I was a bag of nerves that last sort of 10, 15 minutes. I was, I was, I was shouting the, t- the clock out every every minute that passed. Uh, I'm bossing knowing what time it is at football matches. It's probably the only thing I'm good at with reference to the game is literally knowing what time it is. Everything else uh, on there, you know, I, I just couldn't cope with it at all. It was just hang on, hang on, hang on for dear life. And Liverpool did. You know what? I think, I was saying this before, I think that's partially just because that's what that's what you're used to but I didn't feel that nervous in that past 15 minutes they didn't actually have any chances one headed goal on target the whole game I thought yeah Philip is right they had that one big chance that Minile steps up for I think there was another one which they should have done better for but other than that I thought we handled it all really well players were really drilled all week they, they kept putting those balls in and, and it was just no problem I, did, I didn't feel nervous <sighs> I was a bag of nerves mate um, and, and I think I, I thought we were brilliant, by the way. Just, just the, I thought we were. I thought it was one of our best performances of the season yeah, because it's such a difficult place to go and play footy. He makes it so difficult for for he's a he's a genius, Pulis. I don't care what anyone says. He's, he's an absolute genius at what he does. He makes everything, every single sinew of the match. It's like it's like he deconstructs it and makes it into a duel between two people, and he's always putting it on you, putting your centre halves on the wrong foot when he got the ball. He's putting, he's blocking your passing lines. So you got nothing going for you. When you get the ball, he's got two, six, four, five fellas tearing at you, pulling at you, pulling your shirt. And if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago if I thought that Liverpool team had it in them, I'd have said no, no chance, because I didn't see, I didn't see us standing up to that. I didn't see us physically being able to stand up to that sort of intensive 
sort of battle. Um, and I didn't see us having somebody either end to get us out when you needed to. Like we've talked about this loads of times, haven't we? With no no killer instinct or not enough of a killer instinct in games where it's really tight and no keeper to, to, to pull you out when you need to to make a game change and save. And yesterday and last week we had both we had we've done really well. Um and you, there's no way around that. I thought it was I thought it was I mean heroic sounds like you're going over the top because you've beat West Brom away from home 1-0, but it, it was, for me, heroic, given the context of what they've gone before and the mental scars they must have been wearing as a consequence of that. I thought it was brilliant. The, Charlotte, the focus of them, I think is, it's interesting, you, you, you were less nervous last 15. Maybe you were on to the focus of them. That's what I took from it. You know, um, Ben's right, there's just jewels everywhere. That's what they do. They, they, they look to create battles and then they look to win them. And I just thought that every single Liverpool player, uh, right the way across the pitch, even even when Coutinho's legs were falling off, for instance, every single Liverpool player ensured that if th- that they weren't going to lose the battle easily, that they were going to make it as hard as possible for West Brom. It's something that we haven't seen a lot of this season, really, Liverpool making it as hard as possible for the opposition. I thought they did to West Brom at times. What West Brom want to do to you? Yeah, it's been aimed at, our, at that team so many times that they're all mentally weak, that they can't stand up to a physical battle. I think Chan probably represents it better than anyone over the last few weeks. I was the biggest critic of Chan and, and I don't like criticising a Liverpool player, but I really, I just didn't want, it, want to see him in that 11. But Chan, all game yesterday, he was winning every single physical battle and it he, he does it more obviously than Wijnaldum, but Wijnaldum does the same does the same thing. They just put their body on the line. They, they outmuscled all of them. There were loads of times where Chan got his got his body in front of the player and battled them out, and and that's what that's what we've needed to see from them. And it's probably why over the recent years or whatever that we've been losing games against teams like that because we haven't stood up to the physical battle. But I thought yesterday it was just that's what that's where we excelled. There's the there's the theory on this, uh, Philippa, that you that you play these these teams off the park, that you just keep playing your football. And I think Liverpool have tried to do that at times this season. And at times this season, they've done it successfully. I think they did it reasonably successfully in the home game against West Brom, for example. The, the game finishes 2-1, but it should, Liverpool should be out of sight yeah. by the time 2-1 comes around. But that was an example of Liverpool just simply going toe-to-toe, was saying this: the, the, the game's going to be played this way. We're not going to try and change the game. We don't feel we've got our best players. We don't feel our, the, the, our best players who are on the pitch are in good enough nick. So what we do is we now we do this to you then. We do it, we, we play your game and we're going to play it a little bit better than you and that's how we're going to win. And I, I just think that's such a... It's something that we haven't done under this manager, something that we didn't do under the previous manager, um, something that we didn't really do under the manager before that. You know, it's, it, 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 it harks back to Julier, even in a sense yeah. more than Benitez. Benitez has tried to outthink here, whereas Julier would basically say, we're going to go man for man against you then and, and, and we'll get the first goal and then we'll go from there. It's not something that you want to see a Liverpool side do every week, but it could be a bit of a Wyoming games like this next season. Yeah, definitely. And what you're saying there, I, I've, I've been thinking about this quite a lot because everybody was saying that, you know, we'd never beaten a Pulis side away from home in the league before. And I, I was thinking back to like when we had Benitez and he used to completely change the starting 11 and put in all the tall players to try and counteract the long throws and uh, the set piece issue. And I genuinely felt that kind of played into their hands a little bit because all, all you really want to happen is that your best players are willing to stand up to the fight and that's what happened yesterday every single one of those players that was out there on the pitch was saying right okay that's how you want to play it no problem I'm I'm up for that and previously it's like we've been afraid and I'm, I'm going to bring Mignolet into this because when we've played this sort of team and I'm going I'm going to go back to like when Reina was was the goalkeeper and I absolutely love Pepe Reina 
But in each one of those games, if you watch Pepe Reina, he was a bag of nerves in those games because he knew that the players wouldn't be able to to compete properly, that he was all over the place, really, when, when you actually watch it. And yesterday, I thought, Mignolet, every single time the ball came into an area where he could get it, he went and he punched it clear. And I think that that really helped the defence as well. If he doesn't do that, then, to me, the defence will be a little bit more nervous and then West Brom could gain a bit of momentum. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we can we can single out Mignolet's save because, again, that, for me, was a, a massive point in the game. And, he, you know, it's a brilliant save for me. His all-round game for me yesterday was, I thought, really, really good. And I didn't watch that and think, by the way, that it was just like a battling performance. There were moments where we battled and, and that was throughout the team. But people like Firmino, I thought there were moments of brilliance in that. It wasn't just yeah. a game where I look, away, look Firmino, at it. Firmino was terrific. I mean, it was I, unbelievable. I only really got on it watching back the highlights, like in the ground, because you're just, you're just seeing all this unfold in front of you from an end. But it's an unbelievable performance. Yeah, yeah. I saw a tweet last night. It was like, he was a mix of, what was it? Kalt, Muller and a LFC era Suarez sort of thing. Like he he was absolutely ridiculous. So I'm not looking at it and thinking, oh, we've been dragged down to their level and we've battled. No, we did that in the moments that it mattered. And then we also put in some good football. I mean, there were, the, the goal that Milner should have scored, that, that build up by Firmino is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. I think, I think the, the performance can go, you can sort of put it in sections. I thought the first 20, 15 minutes, we were sluggish. Again, we were lucky. Yeah. They had a couple of chances. We were lucky. We were poor. We gave the ball away, for example, three times in the first like three minutes, just kicking it out off a throwing, throwing yeah. back to feet, goes out. Okay, now boys, come on. Um, but then we got in the game and we thought. I thought it, it was, it was just similar. It was a funny performance because first first ten fifteen minutes, yeah, okay, we're in the game. Then we started keeping the ball like we like we had done against sides where you think something's going to hit us in the, in the, something's going to bite us in the arse. You can see it a mile off for keeping the ball. And they're going to break. And then when we needed to battle towards the end of the first half, we battled. And then we got the goal. And we go in 1-0. And then we come out and play we, really we were great good for football. 15, yeah. 15, 20 minutes, played really good football. They made a change, brought an extra uh, fresh legs. And then they made the second change and changed the shape a little bit. And we had to battle again. And we tired. And, but I thought, we, I thought it was a really good game of football and, and the, the pleasing thing was that we that we just done everything we needed to do in a match. We should have scored, Milner should have scored. The Firmino one where Origi's, uh, where Origi scores and Firmino was like, um, like millimetres yeah. offside. It's like, it's so unfortunate. It's almost to the point where the line should have discretion to say, oh, that's such a good goal, I'll give you it. <laughs> it was a lovely ball. Um, so there was loads of really pleasing things, but I mean, go back to the Mignolet point. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've I've sat in here, in here with you, Neil, and said I'd never play in for Liverpool again. And that was only eight weeks ago. Holloway. Holloway, whenever that was. Um, because I didn't think he had... I didn't think personally, and I, and, I, and I still think it's questionable whether he had the character to, to perform in games when you need him to pull you out, to, to, to win you the game. I thought... My whole thing about him is that he's a reasonably good goalkeeper. I just mm. question whether he was good enough for us in terms of being able to impact on games. Like, what he's good at saving routine shots and doing what he should do. What he, what he hasn't historically been good at for Liverpool, for me, is pulling you out when you need someone to do it, when you need a top-draw save. And you can't say fairer than his... I mean, don't get me wrong, he's played his best football for Liverpool this season by a mile. Yeah. But I still wasn't sure whether he was good enough. But his last 
basically since I said he should never play for Liverpool again. <laughs> he's been fucking brilliant. <laughs> his last two games, he's he's pretty much they score yesterday. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's you know whatever four. it is, but he contributed to, to to really difficult wins in such a way that you'd have to think, well, hang on, maybe he's growing into this role that he needs to carry out, and maybe he deserves time. Is he going to be? Is he going to be that good? All season on a consistent basis, I don't know. So, but, but which goalkeepers have been exactly, and and that's it. it you, you can't sit here and say he doesn't deserve praise, and you can't sit here and 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 say he's shite because he's clearly not. But what you can what you can say is he's done really well. He's played really well the last eight weeks, and it's absolutely fine to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. I mean, I I. I, I, I kind of remember uh, a couple of seasons ago um, and I was sat in the cop and I'd kind of cottoned on to the fact that he didn't command his area and I looked at him and he's just this massive unit and you're just thinking, you know, you should be commanding that area and you should be coming clearing players out and getting the ball and, you know, just bullying players really. And he wasn't doing it. And I, I remember in this particular game, I can't remember who we're playing now, but I, I literally battered him. And this old guy sat in front of me, turned around and he went, what help is that? And I was like, do you know what? He's got a point. So since then I thought, right, what can I do in order to like try and help? So, and this isn't just with Mignolet, this is with all, all of Paul players in general. I try and look for the positive stuff that they do. And I'll be honest, I'm really struggling now to see things that Mignolet is doing wrong all right, he's kicking. You can probably single out his kicking and still say that that can be improved. But I've watched every other goalkeeper come to Anfield this season and I can't see any any goalkeeper that's been and I think their kicking's better than Mignolet's. You know, Ben Foster yesterday. I'm going to have to speak for the Sunderland lad, but he's only hey, five but, foot three. But then... <laughs> he can play a ball then. He can pass a ball. Yeah. He, can, he can pass a ball, but then... He's only you five know, foot three. His, and his drops are always massive. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. It's, like, it's a grown-up top. It's like, lads, you just get with the one of the under-16s ones. But the Sorry. thing with Pickford, if you know, if we're going to go on about, like, who could possibly come in and replace Mignolet, you know, if we still decide that, you know, he needs replacing, Pickford, you're taking a chance there. Oh, yeah. So, like Ben was saying before, you know, maybe maybe Mignolet has just grown into this role and now he's he feels a part of it. He feels like he's contributing and... You know, maybe get somebody else in. Maybe they're not going to do any better. You know, Joe Hart, people keep banging on about him, replacing him. It's driving me absolutely up the wall because, again, I think he's made eight mistakes this season that have led to goals. And you're not talking about all the other crap things that he's doing. And it's about what's in front with him as well. He's not had Lovren and Matip play in front of him every week. And the stat, what 13 games they've played together, 11 goals conceded, unbeaten. So, I mean, a goalkeeper can't just save every single shot that comes to them. They've got to have a front four that are going to play together week in, week out. It's right. I mean, I was going to make a point about your art, but it seems like I'm just going back to it now to try and be funny, so I'm just going to let oh, it Oh, sorry. It's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about your art again at some point, won't we? It'll try and up. drop it in later on, yeah. It's, it'll come up. It's yeah. about being a baldy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit obsessed with it. But um, I think he, I think the point about playing in a, in a, in a defensive unit, right? And I, and I think that's, that's one of the areas we need to somehow somehow finds a solution for and it's not about oh he's not good enough and he's this or he's that my issue with centre half is they've got to pretty much play every game play every game yeah Carragher yeah. missed 10 games or whatever in 10 years Ipia similar 
you know, they don't miss big spells of games, big spells of seasons. And either one of them, Lovren's injured or sick all the while. And Matip's got an issue with his ankle that, for whatever reasons, kept him out for a long time all season, bits and bobs. So we need to find a solution to that. And I don't know what that is, but that, once you've got a better defensive unit, everybody knows each other's game better, everybody's more comfortable. Mignolet now might be in a position where he's where he's winning over a hostile changing room. You know, you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're you're playing in front of him. You've got a fella who doesn't shout behind you, or he's, who sometimes my my point about my thing about Mignolet is I think there's a there's been historically a mentality issue with him, and my issue has been whether he's got the right mentality to be as good as he needs to be because he's, he's good. He's, he's he's got all the attributes. He's good enough. The issue is he might be trying to. He might be now in a position where he's pulled pulled us out in two games in a spin, and then the centre halves are going to the next game thinking, "Well, it's all right. If we make mistake, he's gonna he's gonna get us out." That that sort of breeds confidence and trust in each Peter other. Bond. It does, yeah, and you need it. And it, you know, you, you've got to look. These fellas are human. They, these are human beings. They, you know, if you work with someone and you keep cocking up, then you, it affects you. You know, when you're in work, you think, well, I won't ask him to do that because if, he, if I keep if, he, if I keep asking him to do it, I end up doing it anyway, or there's a negative outcome, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same thing. And, and it, you know, you, you forget about that sometimes. He's also had the best of Lucas Lever in front of him for two games in a row now. And, that, and that's Mignolet's two of his best performances all season when he's had a Lucas in front of him sweeping up the whole game. I thought Lucas was absolutely great yesterday. Not, not quite on his stroke level, but I, th- I still thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I <laughs> I actually asked uh, my husband who he thought was a man of the match yesterday and he said Lucas. Um, and you can't really argue against it, but I, I really struggled to think of a man of the match yesterday and that's not because I didn't think anybody played well, it's because I thought that pretty much everybody contributed to that yesterday. I mean, Klein, I think yesterday on the pink, uh, you, you was talking about... Um, was talking about Klein um, playing. Some, somebody looking in that as we're yeah. recording. Go on, let's all do our best. <laughs> he's made up, isn't he? He's having a, he's having a he's ball, isn't he? Really he's made up. Go on. Has he got his lad up there? <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. He was, so, he was so made up, someone was in the studio recording something. Go on. Um, yeah, I think you were saying. Was yesterday, was it? <laughs> um, I think you say yesterday that uh, you thought Klein had a, had a really good game. I thought he was great. I didn't, I, not that I didn't think he had a bad, you know, not that I thought he had a bad game, but he didn't really stand out to me. But there was one tackle right at the end of the game. And honest God, that in itself was as as good as anything else that happened in the match. And then Milner did one right over the other side as well. And it was just moments like that, you know, Wijnaldum getting the ball, like, and just keeping it for what felt like about five minutes. And you're just thinking, just keep all, just keep all. And he did it. And you just like. Passes when he wants. Yeah. Yeah, you come and try and take it if he's you good, want, but I'll just oh, he's spin so around. He's, he's good. He's, he's good. You get the feeling you'd love to knock about him, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's, he's, seems he's, like a great guy. Seems like a great fella. Yeah. He looks very reliable. He looks a million dollars as well, doesn't he? Yeah. That smile. The smile, so yeah. like angelic. Would never let you down. Never let you down. Always there, rock solid, leaf for nothing. Turns up on time. <laughs> That's, that's what he comes. He just comes across so reliable. He's, that's he's the so thing. The, the bit when the keeper was trying to claw him, and he's just like, <laughs> just get off for a minute. I mean, it's hilarious. And I, I, like the last five was last insane. Five minutes, but there's no coincidence, Neil. I mean, see what he wants about Moreno, but 
stuff happens when he's on the pitch. <laughs> and none of the none of the defensive stuff was any of his fault. It just coincided with him running on the pitch. Their goalie decided to play right wing for a bit. It's like, whoa, this is mad, isn't it? And it was bananas. I couldn't get over Foster doing two minutes at right mid. <laughs> the first one you think, all right, sounds, and then we, you know we break. The second one when it cuts back and he's like playing. Right midfield, not even right wing. No, right, right mid. midfield while everybody else is in the box. You're thinking, this is... Mad. And even better that after that, Pulis has said he's got no idea what he was doing. He was screaming at him, telling Pulis him to get back. Pulis is a genius. Imagine Pulis. Pulis must have been... He probably battered him. You mean Steve Graves are going, it's genius from Pulis, yeah. this. <laughs> but, he, but he probably has. He's put his, he's put his cap of fighting on it. that dressing room. Has a shower in his cap. Fighting cap. <laughs> his fighting cap. Battered him whilst naked. Uh, not the first lad he's done that to. It was unreal. I, I couldn't the last five I was it was absolutely it was the maddest five minutes I've seen in ages Charles it was just ridiculous what the way that what, what was going on there it was mad but on that Moreno is getting so much shit for that last bit I'm not I'm not giving it he could have done maybe a bit better but give him credit he gets the ball if you're running at that pace Sturridge is offside you've got Chan He's, he's not in your eye line. So I love how offside storage is, by the way. <laughs> he's furious and offside. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely wrong and, and and fucking fuming about it. But, but by the way, there's a sideline here. No fucking way Albin Moreno knows storage is offside. I'm, <laughs> no, not yeah. I'm not having it that he's, he's that switched on. Did you see it when, uh, when Lovren... Did it. you see when Lovren needs it back to Mignolet and Mignolet picked it up? Yeah. Wow, I know. That's, that's the rule. Not, yeah, that's not a back pass. It's not a back pass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. The whole no, ground didn't know that. Everyone's going yeah. mental. Everyone's <laughs> giving up on that. But like, bit of, it's like, well, it must be his foot because it's by it. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Someone turned around in the ground. I went, to, oh, the fucking hell, we got away with one there. Someone turned around and went, no, 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 the rule is. And I was like, really? <laughs> these lads are dead clever. Like, they know the rules. These boys, fair play to them. <laughs> well, I mean, man, I always, I, I, I don't think he should score. He should score. And it, but it only just goes wide. And, I, you know, you've got to look at, again at the mentality of the player. He hasn't played for absolutely ages. He hasn't played. Hasn't kicked Since the ball. Since January, isn't it? He should, score. he should score, but the Milner miss was worse. Yeah, it was. But if you're, if you're Moreno and you're, if you're him, like if that's me, Klopp says to me, for some reason, some mad tw- t- twist of fate, he lashes me on, on at left wing, probably to Mark Ben Foster. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in that position. There's no way I'm passing. It's like, what, you want me to pass and play for ages, mate? There's an open goal. Fuck yeah. off. It's on my left foot. All right, it's a bit tricky, but I'm just going to leg it. He's offside, even though I don't know it, but something in my gut's telling me he is. <laughs> don't even know where Emre Chan is. He's just there, he can slot it, but that doesn't matter. I'm putting it in, and I probably would miss. But if he's a scored. If he's a scored. I don't, the, my my honest sadness on it is... That's the reason he's getting loads of shit. Yeah. It's because everybody would have been made up, not it, the boss dance. And yeah, if, he's, just, have been if he's a scored, it reminds me a little bit in a weird way of that one against Arsenal in his first season. My thing about it was the reason why I was I was, I was was annoyed with him and I was annoyed with him post-match was just how bananas it would have been. And yeah. I think he yeah. probably would just have ran straight, straight in the into the crowd, yeah. took his took all of his clothes off and just gone home and stuck with someone. <laughs> not, even, not, even, not even got looked back. And never played for us again. Yeah. Never be seen again whatever happened to Albie Moreno I don't know he's caught in the at West Brom away I think, I think I've seen him knocking around Gattaca it's all changed for him he's living in the Black Forest <laughs> it was oh I would have absolutely loved it that was the thing and that's why Peter is getting grief Philip and I think it's because everyone wanted the moment of there you go there's 2-0 I mean I he should score he should he should be getting it into the back of the net from there I under, I actually don't think he should pass either I think he's he, he stood just offside and he can't see where everyone else is and they're actually doing a good job of jockeying him to ensure that he can't have a look anywhere he's just got to keep moving 
and forwards. Yeah. Maybe he should take another five yard stride and and go from there. I was actually sort of half willing him just to kick it past him and I'm leg laughing. it, and he, he probably pulls you down and you, yeah. you get him sent. Yeah. I mean, you know, but all of that, I just think it's. It's uh, that's the frustration with him uh, is that he just didn't put it in the back of the nest. I always try and think of like what my initial reaction is at the time stuff like this happens, and I was just screaming, "Hit it!" That's mm. that's what I was like saying at the time. And when you watch it back, and some people are going, "You know, you should have passed it to storage." Well, if he was to pass it to storage, you had to do it earlier, while what the storage was still in that half. If he's going to pass it to Emre Chan, he's going to have eyes in the back of his head. Um, so he did the right thing. Maybe you're right. Maybe you should have took it on another few yards. But pff, I mean, I was screaming before he hit. You know, it's like unlucky. yeah, it's just one of them. He's just he's just got it a little bit wrong. And you know, at the end of the day, we won. So it doesn't actually matter. In the grand <laughs> scheme of things, passed away. They went straight to Arnie other ends, and everyone's thinking. Fucking hell, if he scored him, then I was not getting out of there alive. <laughs> probably from his own players. Klopp would have battered him. Yeah. I like how Klopp after the post-match is giving him the big hug and Albie's a nice yeah. boy and blah, blah, blah. Whereas that's what I was thinking if as well. If they just scored, he just got on the pitch and knocked seven stages of shite out of him on that ground. I know, but, the, but, but the better thing for me would have been like people are saying, well, you know, it was ridiculous. It was a liability. He took the chance and, you know, we gifted them the ball back and they've gone up the other end and nearly chilled. What did you want us to do? Run to the fucking corner flag when there's an open goal. Imagine that, they've been amazing. Just like, yeah, let's all just, just about 20 seconds left. Let's stand over here for a bit with it. He would have been dragged into the ends and killed. So, you know, we couldn't really win, but it would have been, I mean, it would have been hilarious. It would have been, it would have been devastating, but it would have been fucking funny if they'd have scored. It would. You can't say it wouldn't, it would. It wouldn't have been fun. It would. It would. I, I, I might be less hungover if yeah, that had happened. And we, we, I mean, we'd be furious, but we'd be laughing. Yeah, about the, the sheer ridiculousness <laughs> of the situation. There is, yeah, Charlotte mentioned before, I'll go to you, Philip, on her first. Charlotte mentioned Emery Chan before. It's, it's well, Performances over the last few weeks gets battered everywhere in the Merseyside derby. Arguably, as of one of his games against Bournemouth, uh, where he's, he, he's just not quite doing enough uh, in the middle of the park for me. Not quite shifting it with tempo, but it's back to what I thought against, you know, when we went away to Man City, where, you know, it's lashing down and it's Emre who gets a grip of the game, where mm. if it's almost as though the more of a battle it is, the harder it is, the more he wants in and the more he produces. He really is, he's, 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 I think these last five games that he's played, I think, across Man City, Everton, um, I think I'm making sure I've got these in the right order, Man City, Everton, Bournemouth, sort of Stoke and West Brom, you've been able to see what he's, what he's absolutely brilliant at, um, and 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 it's it's strange that his weakest performance across across the board there is probably the Bournemouth game. I think our performance in general for Liverpool in general was against Bournemouth, um, but Emre Chan for me is is playing like you would want your captain to play at the moment. He's taking the ball by ball by the horns. He's he's saying right, leave this bit to me. You know, I'll sort all this out. I'll do all the ugly stuff. Um, <laughs> my husband's actually got a bit of a nickname for him he calls him Thumper because he just thinks he does all the ugly stuff um, and he does and he's taken on that role and the other thing that you can't get away from is just how much he gets about the pitch you know he's literally everywhere and I just I, <laughs> I just have a huge amount of respect for him I mean you saw the pictures after after the match yesterday and literally half of the team's like got bandages round everywhere and ice and goodness knows what and to me it's clear he's he puts himself on the line for us and you've you've got to take your hat off to somebody like that you know 
there's plenty of other players who, you know, they get the slightest knock, you know, and they're, they're, they're kind of like, I won't say making excuses, but, you know, they're, they're more reluctant to put the body on the line for you. Um, and to me, I think it's come across massively. He's going, well, you know, Henderson's not available, Alana's not available. I have to be available whether or not I've only got one leg or not. And to put in the sort of performances that he's doing when I personally, looking at it, think he's not 100% fit, I think is absolutely staggering. And the thing that made me dislike Chan for such a long period of time was that he would... I thought he was too confident. I thought he thought, I'm going to be Mr. Liverpool, I can be the new Gerard. I can throw a bit of Yaya Toure in there. And it used to drive me mad when we were like, we are in a position where we needed to hold a lead or we needed to get a lead and he'd do a stupid flick and it would just on it would just drive me mad whereas yesterday and well the past few weeks is that confidence that's that's made him step forward that he's a young kid he's been slated all round by by a lot of Liverpool fans he's 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 had a, quite a few errors that have led to goals and yet he's kept he's kept doing the same stupid stuff and it's now starting to come off it was a, there was a flick yesterday that did make me think Emre what are you doing but honestly he's become the most important player over these past few weeks You've got to give him a load of credit for his for his for his ball, and and also we, we, we again probably the same show where we slaughtered Mignolet. I think we spoke about Chan, and we and we, we were talking about future transfers and uh, the midfield being a priority. And one of the things we we were mentioning was that there seemed to be a lack of character, a lack of fight, and a lack of organisation when um, something's not working on the pitch. And one of the things you can say about Chan in the last six weeks is that. You know, there's a time yesterday, early first half, Arigi should come and get hold of the ball and he should chest it and, and then we play and we get out. First 15 minutes, we're not really playing very well, we're under the cosh a little bit. And he doesn't, he, he's on his heels and he gets beat to the ball too easy and it, it pans away. And on the telly, you just catch Tian as as we win the ball back and think we put it out for a goal kick or a, we put it out for a corner or throw it in right, right on our edge of our box. You just see him turning and bollocking him, saying, What are you, you know? You see him going like that with it hitting his chest. Fucking hell. Nobody else is doing it, really. And he sort of took up this mantle with Henderson not being there of somebody needing to organise other people. <clears throat> I think his, if you look at what's been said about him, Klopp said it and Chan said it himself, that through the course of the season he's had an issue with his calf and he hasn't felt he hasn't felt right. And I think one of the complaints I've had about him is that he, he's just been a bit ponderous and he looks like he wants loads of time on the ball and he doesn't look... When we were discussing whether he was any good this start of the season, he didn't look like he was able <clears throat> to get around, able to be mobile, able to impose himself on a match. And at the minute, he's everywhere. He's the, he's one of our fittest players at the minute. He's all over the pitch, and he's bossing things. Um, and it, it you know it goes from a couple of months ago there was a you know there was discussion around would you give him a new contract at like you know there's a reported figure of seventy grand or whatever it was hundred grand. Or, and you know a lot of I I think myself I think I said I wouldn't, and then you look now eight weeks later the run of games he's been on you think it'd be crazy not to. Do you think? I, I was I was I was thinking this yesterday for for a couple of them Ben. Do you think it's easier for them if you take what we were doing at the start of the season and it's glorious footy? You know what I mean. At times it's so fast and it, it pings around the pitch and the opposition can't live with it. And now it's get the job done footy. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of them for whom get the job done for C's easier. Yeah. Where, for instance, Emery hasn't got to be part of this well-oiled machine where it's, you know, you've got no time, you've got to make sure it's got to go to a Liverpool shirt and playing on a bit of a knife edge, committing a lot of men forward in the process of this. And so then if you do give it away, you do a flick, like Charlotte says, 
then you can not just look a bit daft, but you can open yourself up to all sorts of stuff happening behind you. Whereas now, I think what suits him down to the ground is, well, you can just kick it out for a throw. Yeah. If you almost know what I mean, you just kick it out for a throw because it's fine. We're going to get our shape. We're going to do this. We're, we're just getting over the line. I, you know, I, I'm sort of looking at him thinking, and that's why, in the, like for instance, when we are against City, and a lot of it is because of how good they are. It's just hanging there, footy. It's just winning your battles for a bit, footy. I, I just, I think that really suits him better. I think that's that's the football he wants to play. That that suits his physique, doesn't it? So it doesn't. And I think, I think there's there's a couple of things in that. There's a, there's a. There's a bit of a learning curve for for us as a, as a team and the manager as a management group for okay how do we ma- how do we get through sets of games and I think one of the things we've probably learned is that we can't just keep doing what we're doing because it's at some point you're going to come unstuck and what we're looking at now is a little tiny bit more pragmatic version of playing the way we were playing but a little bit more pragmatic every now and again you know what just turn them around it's fine just turn them around get up the pitch get your shape and battle and fight. And when you win your own battles and don't have to rely so much on the shape being perfect because you're just a little bit more solid that you can win your battles and then play when you when you can play rather than play at all cost. Um, and I think you're right, it does shoot a few of them. And I think one of the things I'd like to see next season is the ability for us to do either. And I think yeah. one of the things where, where we've struggled was when we've tried to battle it maybe earlier in the season or when we've needed to dig... dig t- dig in and, uh, and earn a result we haven't really been conditioned to do that I think it's probably fair um, and now it looks like there's been a seri- series of probably since Leicester where the, there's been a series of aims around well how do we get through these next games do you think that's fight? been a do you think that's been on purpose or do you think that's personnel we've lost Alana Mane Henderson and we're left with people like Origi Origi who's a more traditional centre forward we're left, we're left with people like Lucas playing in our back think, yeah. and being forced into a bit more of a back three. And I think we've some somehow lucked out that the time where we've been left with these players that suit themselves to a more pragmatic approach, we're playing teams like Stoke, West Brom, but you have to battle anyway. where you've got to battle yeah. anyway. It took, I think it's probably a bit of both. I think they've probably looked at it and thought, well, what's our weakness in these games where we keep getting beat by teams on the break and they've had a look. But I think it also is that, is that you know, well, we can't do that either so you've got this need to do this and hopefully it might just lead to the to the ability next season to manage when hopefully we've got Champions League footy on a Wednesday and we go away to you know wherever Burnley's the example Burnley, like yeah. Saturday morning Saturday morning away at Burnley how do you get freezing. the game it's, free, it's always freezing in Burnley mate freezing absolutely freezing go there now be snowing <laughs> how do you get through that game how do you get through it and we need to learn how to do that and Hopefully we'll see the the additions in, in the summer that will allow us to do that a little bit easier. Yeah, I think um I think if you asked West Brom what sort of team they would rather have played yesterday, they'd have probably said the one that they were playing against. Because I think that we're seen as um I don't know, soft touch probably isn't the right word, but you know, the big thing's been made of the fact that we concede from set pieces and the fact that, you know, we're we struggle against the lesser side sort of things. But I think that if you ask West Brom now which side they'd rather have played, I think you're right. I think they would rather have had somebody like Lallana in midfield. You know, isn't the most physical of players. All right, he harries around you and, you know, he'll nick the ball off you and one thing and another. But, you know, he's not going to get into an aerial battle with you. And so (laughs) it's a difficult one, really. I, I... 
I think you're right, Ben. I think I think next season, I'm hoping that we learn from all of this because let's not forget this is the first full season that Klopp's had. It's the first full season this group of players has had with Klopp and his instruction. And, you know, it's about taking all the different parts of what Klopp's asking you to do and actually gelling it all together. And hopefully next season we'll see within games managing moments, how they're managing games in different scenarios now. You know, there was times yesterday where, you know, potentially we could have broke a little bit better on West Brom, you know, that we could have done a little bit more in attack. Um, So hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll... be a bit more cohesive, I suppose, next season. Okay. Uh, all very, very interesting stuff. Just want to give a mention to um, to a couple of things. Uh, number one is Paul Johnson was on Who Dares Wins on Saturday night. Uh, you can watch it now on iPlayer. Uh, ben Johnson is barely over it. Uh, well, that was the best Saturday of my life, honestly. It was amazing. You don't want to give it too much away. I don't want, you've got to watch it. What you want to do is... is it's pre-fingered as well. It's, yeah, he's still got his finger. He's still got his finger, which adds a whole new level of... of and you, and you didn't know, but he didn't tell anyone, did he? He hasn't told anyone that he was going on it. So no one knew. And then he, 20 minutes before, like, got a text at five past five from, or like a group WhatsApp saying, you might want to tune in to BBC One uh, at half five. It might be interesting. And then there he is there, proud as punch. Five <laughs> fucking five fingers. <laughs> proud as anything, wiggling them about all over the gaff. And it's amazing. Um, and who knew? Who knew what, a, what a, such a brilliant programme was on at half <laughs> uh, It's on iPlayer. Uh, it's, on, it's on BBC iPlayer. So, so uh, get, get a group of, get, get a group here and watch it. And ideally, if you know Jono, watch it and then live, like live tweet each other because it's amazing. We had such a ball, honestly. You couldn't, you, some of the stuff was just glorious. Um, he, says, he gives an answer to one of the questions and it's uh, the fella off Strictly Bruno Tognoli but the way he says it <laughs> he says it as if Bruno Tognoli is saying his own name and it's amazing <laughs> Bruno Tognoli <laughs> it's, it's honestly it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life ok uh, it's a big push for it <laughs> it's amazing it's on iPlayer get on it uh, get on it the other thing I want to mention is that the we shared an office with a company called Laduma uh, slash Red Touch Media the, the, the two linked companies and they're putting some stuff together for a charity for South Africa this week uh, what they're asking for the charity works around asthma awareness uh, and education um, and to, to fight poverty uh, that leads to a lack of education which in turn leads that causes health problems and just to help children where, they, where and when they can um, what they're looking for is warm clothes uh, the winter's going to be coming in South Africa very soon and many many children cannot focus on school due to simply being too cold uh, they did school uniforms last time at the last event they're asking to donate children's sweaters, jackets, hoodies that are either new or lightly worn. If you want to get them uh, to us, um, I will, I've just realised that the mistake I've made with this process is I haven't actually got the address. So I'll give it a shout out again once I've, once I've found them, email me address. I know, I know where we work. I just don't know what the postcode is. Yeah, you know how to get there. I know how to get there, yeah. <laughs> you go every day. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, Walker House, uh, sixth floor. Um, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I know. It's just in a bit of town there, isn't it? By the town hall. I know exactly where it is, Jono. There's uh, Monuments outside that you probably walk past. It's lovely. The, the monument is absolutely lovely. lovely. So it is a sixth floor Walker House. So if you mark it for Laduma, sixth floor Walker House, <laughs> uh, exchange flags, Liverpool, uh, L23YL. Uh, that's where it is. So it is. If you can, any anything that you can spare in terms of warm, uh, warm clothes for children, uh, they're going to sort all the shipping costs out. They're going to do all of that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's children's sweaters, jackets, or hoodies that are either new or lightly worn, uh, and anything that sort of that that, that is warming. So if you can sort it out, as I say, they'll sort all the shipping costs out. You've just got to get it to the office. Uh, so if you send it 
two, uh, sixth floor, uh, Walker House, exchange flags, Liverpool, Merseyside, L23YL. And just mark, if you can mark it for our attention, by all means, but if you mark it for, uh, for the Doomers' attention, uh, they'll be they'll be sorting all of that out. So. If you don't know where it is, what you could do is bring it to town and then look out for Neil and follow him. Uh, he, he knows where it is. And I, I walk around town a lot. <laughs> so you can find me there. I'll give you the address again. Uh, sixth floor, Walker House, uh, exchange flags, Liverpool, Merseyside, L23YL, which was the bit I don't know. I do know where my office is. Uh, that was the day I've forgotten a lot of things. Uh, it was that sort of night because it was such a huge three points. This is the thing that we keep coming back to. It's the th- all the thing that matters at this point, uh, Philip, it is the context of United getting the win that they get yesterday. Um, you'd expect Arsenal to get a result away at Middlesbrough, though Middlesbrough are fighting for their lives at the moment. Um, but what this does, you know, I, I, I saw Man City at the weekend and it's now the phase of the season where you're watching everything you see in every game because you want to know how it's going to impact and how it's going to knock on. And what this does, I think, is I thought City looked good at Southampton. I was impressed with them, to be honest with you. But it, it keeps Liverpool in the driving seat in terms of this thing. They've got the points on the board. They're the ones who are able to look onwards and upwards. They're the ones who haven't got a play arrival or anything like that. We're the ones with three home games left rather than just two. It's all moving about as well as we could hope. Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, after yesterday's result, I think I was looking at Man United and thinking they were probably the main danger for us now in relation to top four. And I looked at the fixtures and if they don't drop any points, they've done really, really yeah. well there. They've got they've some, still got City to play, haven't they? They've still they've got, got City, City Arsenal, Tottenham top, away. Yeah. Tottenham will be right in the show. So unless they cock up, they're right and in Tottenham the mix look unbelievable the league. And Tottenham look formidable. Yeah. They've got games Thursday. So they play, yeah. they play Europa League Thursday, and then I think they go to Burnley away. And yeah. that question's going to start freezing. coming in their head, whether it's Europa <laughs> yeah. League or League. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, is it? I I made the point yesterday, um, and it was that okay, they were playing Chelsea yesterday. Chelsea had a couple of knocks before the match because Courtois was out, and then they lost Alonso in the warm up. Um, Man United, all right, they played in the Europa League in midweek. It's an awful lot easier to get up for Chelsea at home than it is to get up for Burnley away. Burnley away is hard. So I, I, I actually think that, you know, the big games, they might be all right. You know, I'm not going to say they're going to win them all, but, they, you know, they're potentially going to pick up points there. But to me, the ones that they may struggle on is maybe the Burnley Burnley away game. We need to go. I don't we play. We've got no distraction in the FA Cup or anything like that. We need to go next week. Um, Palace at home. And, and we need to give them a good hiding. And yeah, Alan and Henderson coming back. It's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be a battle again because Allardyce is horrible, but he's good at what he does. Um, and it's going to, it's going to be a battle. We need to win. It's a similar stand. Then we need to go wherever we go next. There's a Watford. Watford's away on a Monday night. Yeah. yeah. And that's a tough game. You know, they, they look like they're in for That's the one I mean. That there's just no way in the world we're winning. <laughs> I think it's tough. Uh, Dini, Troy Deeney's a genius. I really like Trudini a lot. He's massive. We've seen him. He's huge. He's massive. Can't come believe how big Chadley was. Yeah, he's big. I can't believe. I, I, I just in your head, he's this sort of tricky creative footballer. He's, he's like a tank. Trudini is last year. Big. Uh, all round, all round, about six two and about that wide, as wide as a house. Trudini had launched him. Oh, but yeah, but that's because that's, that's stock, stock and trade. That's <laughs> uh, what he lives for. Launching NASA Trad Chadley. Uh, it's on his list. <laughs> People to lash. No, but it is, it is, you know, Charlotte, it is this 
Spurs and Spurs, you, you sort of feel now like unless unless Spurs do do collapse, which doesn't look like they're going to do in any way, shape, or form, second looks a bridge too far. But the other thing to point out as well is that you know it'd be nice to come third here. This is the the other thing is get that automatic qualification place, not have to mess about with the qualifier. You know, if we can just keep the Man City Wolf from the door week in week out, then and make them make them earn it. If, you know, if they, if they win every, if they win six games, then I've said well they won six games and so they finished the points ahead of us, and that that's. Fair enough. That's the way in which this goes. But if we can, you know, if, if if we can just stick to our task here, three home games, get them one, and see what we get on the road. I I'm sort of of the view that should be enough uh, at this stage to get the fourth. But it'd be great to get the third and win all five. Yes, yeah, Spurs look like the best team in the league right now. Uh, I think they just look formidable. I think I think um, City will drop points against United, which is their their game in hand. I think. If we carry on like we are, I think the big test was West Brom and Stoke because they sort of epitomise everything that we struggle mm-hmm. against. And we've got lesser versions or different versions of West Brom and Stoke for the rest of the season now. So I think third is easily attainable. Um, and with players like Henderson, Lalana coming back, we should we should just push for, well, push for as many points as we can, but I think third's attainable. Palace for me is massive. I think if we win that, I think... I think... They haven't got their best defender though. Yeah, well, this, yeah. this is the other point that I made yesterday because I, I was like looking at it and I said, you know, Sacco's been a massive part of their turnaround. You know, since he's come into the side, you know, they have they conceded two this weekend, but before that they hadn't conceded a single goal from in the back four. And I th- their other centre-half was Martin Kelly, I think. So if they're playing Martin Kelly there, then they've obviously got issues. So it's so, he got hurt, didn't he? he yeah, he played, he, played, he played in the 3-1 defeat against Southampton. Right, uh, Sacco. Okay. Uh, but no, it's the point. The point is that they've got they've got they've, they've got to chop and change it. They haven't got Scott Dan. Though you know it's going to be a little bit makeshift at the back. And I'm I'm also of the view that in general, and this is what you, you turn into this week at this stage of the season. Then you know that in general, the, all the other results have sort of gone for us as well. In that you know Palace can feel as though they picked a point up this weekend because Hull and Swansea both got beat. They're not they're not safe yet. But if you you said before that you know he's brilliant at what he does, uh, Allardyce, and he is brilliant at what he does. But if you if you are Allardyce, you're looking at Liverpool Palace. You've got Liverpool Palace, then you've got then, you, then you've got Spurs at home. But then on the Saturday after, you've got Burnley at home, yeah. and you've got you, you're absolutely fixated on Burnley at home. Burnley at home gets us the three points that we need that should see us through. The reason the reason he's brilliant at what he does is he's extremely pragmatic, and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want his players to exert energy where you don't have to. So the first 20, 20 minutes of the Palace game is key. We get one nil up. Yeah. You've seen him do it before at Anfield where his team's got 1-0 down. He's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just sit on the bench for an hour and a half. I won't even bother getting up because we're going to get beat 3-4-0. And it's absolutely fine because I'm not asked because we'll play next week and we'll win. Or we'll play next week and we'll try it again against Spurs. And if Spurs got one up, we'll do it again because the week after, we've got Burnley and we won't fucking knock off because everyone will be legging it everywhere. Um, so the first half an hour, I think the atmosphere needs to be really good next week. I think the first half an hour is key. I fancy us to win. I really do. I don't see how I don't see how they're gonna. I mean, obviously they can beat us, but I, I just don't see how uh, they're better than us. How they're better than us? Sort of take a take a, a turn of events for that to happen. Well, they got the. I mean, they get the. They get the. What you've got to watch out for with them, Charlotte, and you know it's it's. It's already in this again. It's the stage of the season where, as soon as the final whistle goes, last yesterday I'm thinking, can we just play Palace now? Yeah. Which isn't fair on those lads because they were all on the deck because they were shattered because they'd run so much. But they're, um, they're, they're battled everything, um, fought enormous men. Uh, but there is, uh, you know, Chelsea got one 0 up. 
and then Palace get two in quick succession and they absolutely sit on it and that's what you've got to guard against you've got to just not give them any hope I think that's, that's something that we, we've got better and better at and I think that before when you were talking about how well we did at times against West Brom what we did was we didn't give them any any anything cheap they didn't get any hope they didn't get any encouragement and it, they have to rouse themselves for the, for the big last 25 minutes they've got to do it for themselves we don't give them a hand and Chelsea gave them a hand when they dropped the points against uh, against Palace they gave them that 2-1 we've just got to be absolutely stay as focused as we were yesterday just give them nothing cheap yeah yesterday's performance was a top four side or a, or a top side pay, playing against a smaller team taking time out of the game showing moments of quality battling where they need to and when you look at the clock it's it's all of a sudden 85 minutes and and, you, and you've won the game well you haven't won at 85 uh, but that's what we need to do next week we need to take time out of the game like we did I think someone like a re- honourable mention to Origi by the way yesterday I thought that was a fantastic centre forward performance I thought uh, he helped us uh, keep the ball uh, he was he helped Firmino a lot I think even though I prefer Firmino central I thought he really helped Firmino play and I think someone like Origi in a game next week will help us um, because he helps us take time out of the game he's he's very very good at recycling the ball he's, he's quite careful with the ball um, so it's th- it's those sort of performances that we need he clicks that's what I, what I saw him do yesterday is I thought at first half he was frustrating me but won the lot and I don't care at half time <clears throat> but what I saw second half was suddenly he clicks it's, he's got this really weird ability to be, if not unplayable, then just genuinely very, very good for 15 minutes. Where it, it's like he, he doesn't just go up one gear; he goes up about three. Yeah, he's got he's he's really he's a great passer. He's got very, very quick feet, um, and I think that people have criticised Rigi recently, thinking he's not not sure if he's he's got it in terms of mentally. But I thought he, he was playing quite intelligently, intelligently yesterday. It's one of those things. That's what I think next week. Um, our personnel will help us because I'm not sure that Henderson's going to be ready in time. I think we'll probably see Lucas start again if he's got the legs for it. Um, and I, th- I think it will suit us again, like it did with Stoke, like it did with West Brom. Yeah, expecting, I wonder if we've seen, um, I think the the injury, uh, which comes as late notice as Philip out to Clarven, makes me wonder if we might have seen the last of him this season now. Uh, that, that Looking at the games that we've got left, looking at the, the way Lucas has played in front of, of a back four and turn it into that hybrid back three thing which was interesting yesterday yeah. was, it was a bit of both that he was really at times yeah, when, was, well when we had the ball he was actually in the furthest player back you know he was actually the furthest you know he was a defender really so we, we were playing kind of like with a back three when we had the ball and then when we didn't it kind of went back to a, a four and then Lucas in front of it um, I I I don't think we'll see Clavin again unless there's any sort of like major injuries there at the back. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually goes in the summer. Because um, I'm, I'm not sure that he's good enough to be able to step in if he's needed um, at any point next season. Um, I think that, I think that he doesn't really trust him, and I think that's maybe where the the five at the back came in because he wasn't too sure about. You know whether or not he could trust Clavin in a in a in a two, and maybe he didn't think that Lovren and Matic was maybe fit enough to play in a two. Yesterday it was kind of forced upon him, um, and I think that that Lucas is just playing so so well. You know, you you can't really drop him at the moment. So so why would you? I think the only thing about Lucas is he looked. He hurt his knee late in the first half, I think, and he he you see him walking off the telly towards for me, you know, when he was like. <laughs> And then after in, in the pictures on the telly after the AC, he's got ice on his knee. Mm. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised. That's not the type of thing that goes away. You wouldn't think if he's done little niggle on it. Unless it's a historic thing, it was his knee that blew up at mm. Chelsea, I think. So it might just be a bit of pain. But um yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't 
wouldn't be surprised. Lovren and Matip are fit. They're not getting rested. They're not getting dropped for the rest of the season. <clears throat> so the only option then is, well, do you fancy dogging it with a three or not? I don't really see. If we didn't do, I was surprised we didn't do it yesterday. I thought we'd, we'd probably... The hybrid was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was interesting. <laughs> First um, time he's done anything like that. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, but it worked. It did work. And I thought we were, we thought we were really good. The BBC made on an analysis last night, made a couple of really good points about how we attacked set pieces and how we got out. Um, we done lots of doubling up. Emery Chan winning lots of headers at fullback and stuff like that. You know, where, they, where they're trying to exploit your fullbacks. Emery Chan. Well, they swap there. whenever they swap. So they, when they brought Rondon on, he went straight away to play off the left for them. Yeah. And 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 you just saw that basically Chan and Wijnaldum just swapped sides. Yeah. And Chan went, I'm going to stand on his toes. Yeah. And it was straight away, it was like, it was like, oh, so they've took, they've took uh, Robson Cano off. They're doing this now, Sam. I'm going to go stand over there. Yeah, I'm going to win the headers for the fullbacks. And there was loads of that. Yeah, and it was really clever. And you see, they really worked on it. And that's, that's dead pleasing. Um, in loads of ways because it looks like you you know, you you know one of the things you could say about us early in the season was we looked a little bit like we were we had an arrogance about us that we could never get because we were always going to win and there was never really a look at the opposition or well, there didn't seem to be a look at the opposition's strengths and how that could impact on your ability to play but yesterday a lot more pragmatic it's like okay well they're going to we know they're going to try and exploit Klein and Milner in the air so we'll go and we'll just combat that by putting our centre our centre mids on them. They can win it. I think Klopp was scarred by West Brom in in one of his first ever games. I remember how incredulous he was when he came out of that game, and he just said, "I've never ever seen a team play like that in my life." Like it was like his proper welcome to English football, and I think he was probably fully had that in the back of his mind when he prepared for this game. They said that all week that was what they were practicing for to defend set pieces, defend corners. West Brom got most goals from set pieces in the league. So I think it was really, really pleasing to see uh, how well they defended against that. On the, uh, on the, on the what you see thing, I was actually uh, mentioning it on, um, on the, um, the, of course, of the pre-match shows, Philip, on this, uh, in terms of the, the learning curve that managers go through. Club Puel was, was speaking the week before and he was absolutely incredulous at what West Brom do. He, he'd never seen anything like it in his life. And he was made up to get the win off the back of it, but he just couldn't believe how directly played, how much they break your rhythm up. It does show that for all, you know, for all the game is theoretically the same wherever you go. I and mean, whilst I'm pretty sure that in Germany and France they've got some pretty direct teams, there's there is an intensity to what these sides that we that we do have to deal with do to you that that I think does take some getting used to for some managers. Definitely, and I think I think another thing that we we maybe don't go on about as much is is the crowds over here. You know, they can be really hostile and um, they love appealing for stuff. The they West love Brom appealing crowd. for stuff, and that's all I've got going for them. No, that's that's what it's basically it's boiled down. They're footy now. Pulis is such a genius that it boils down to a load of 50-50 decisions as to whether things are fouls or not. And then the last 10 minutes on the corner. And that's their whole enjoyment of the game. It's like it's like, um, it's like basketball. Go to a basketball match, they sit there for ages and then they wait for the last 10 minutes and then everyone gets that excited and sings because they know someone's going to win them 10 minutes. And what happens before really doesn't fucking matter. And that's the <laughs> problem. And it's mad, it's weird. He's a, he's, he's a maverick. Pulis. He is. If he was an animal, they'd... they'd Cut him up and see how he was built. <laughs> well, we're not endorsing that message. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is that, but he was because he's like he's he's Darwinism in itself. 
All right, then. Uh, Darwinism in itself. Might be the title <laughs> for the show at the end of uh, this one. Thank you very much to Philip and to Charlotte and to Ben for coming in on this Easter Monday and having a big chat to us about the Reds, getting an enormous three points. This is the Anfield Wrap. If you want to listen to more shows, going to be speaking to Sean Rogers about this one later in the week, uh, where we are going to cut it up metaphorically uh, and go through exactly how direct everything was uh, about this game and looking ahead to others as well. It's theanfieldwrap.com uh, forward slash subscribe. If you want to subscribe to the Anfield Wrap, there's loads of fantastic stuff on there and you can still access all the old interviews and all of that sort of stuff as well if you've been thinking about it for a while now would be a great time looking forward to the summer and everything that's got going for us up these battling reds sports social podcast network